Was in major MMA promotions. I am your man, the voice, Trackstar Sports MMA correspondent, and I have none other than the bearded one himself, Josh the Bearded Moose Moose. What's going on, sir? Hey, man, what's going on? Oh, man, I am excited, excited, excited because we had fights. Uh, that were really, really good last week uh, from both one championship and the UFC. And I'm looking forward to talking about them. Not only am I looking forward to talking about them, I want to say thank you for joining me in making Aftermath a reality. Last week, we were the most listened to podcast on Trackstar Sports Network. So give you a hand to yourself, uh, whether you be listeners or whether it be Josh, because I just uh, dropped this information on you. Give your hands to yourselves for coming out the gate swinging. No pun intended. <laughs> Great verbiage. <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, in any news you want to uh, talk about or, or you want to just dive right in? Well, I will just uh, right off the bat apologize. Uh, it is storming here at home. And so if you hear some thunder in the background, uh, it's kind of quieted down a little bit. So I will just kind of kick off uh, that we might get something kind of close and you might hear it. If so, I already apologized. But other than that, right. man, I am more than wanting to just jump into these because I agree with you. Uh, the UFC card was phenomenal. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch too much of the uh, one, but uh, I'll let you take that away. Okay. Uh, my pleasure and no problem whatsoever. Um, and, hey, you don't have control over the weather. You know, you're not our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You don't uh, – uh, make the the ground shake and and the 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 skies go dark. So no need to apologize for what the good Lord is doing. All right. Well, uh, one thing that the good Lord did was allow one unstoppable dreams to take place last week, and um, I got a chance to to catch it. I thought that it was on Saturday morning. I forgot that it was Friday morning and I happened to just wake up to go to work early. I had something going on that day or, or something. And um, I looked at my phone. I was like, oh, man, the fights are already on. I turned it on right in time to catch um, to catch everything. And I was happy about that. So I'm working away and listening to these excellent fights. Uh, at the top of the card, you had Angela unstoppable Lee uh, take it that they named this card after her seeing as they were fighting at uh, or I should say in Singapore which is the flag that she flies even though she's a Canadian expatriate with Singapore Chinese and Korean heritage she's always flying the Singapore flag so hey um, I take it that they named it after her since her nickname is unstoppable and she was just that. She continued her uh, unbeaten win streak in a rematch against probably her toughest competition and definitely 
a fight of the year candidate for 2016 uh, in her bout with May Yamaguchi the last time. This time, not so much. It was a dominant win. Last time they fought, it was a split decision victory, and that was for the inaugural one championship Adam weight belt, but there was no question whatsoever. Lee uh, out grappled her, outstruck her, uh, just was dominant in all aspects of the fight. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I've been hearing a lot about Angela Lee in one. So I'm so glad that one has made their fights available to all through the app. Uh, just a bit of information to help those who may want to watch one uh, because the app is not set up yet where you can watch the uh, the fights after the fact, uh, unless they post it. If they don't post the full fight there, then it's not available. However, after a couple days, the fights are available on YouTube because they use YouTube for broadcasting. Also, if you just open up your device during the time that the fights are on. You can pause it and rewind and go back to the beginning uh, or pick it up from where you paused it and keep going. I did that a number of times during the fights, and I was like, oh, yeah, now I know how to do it. Let my alarm go off, open up the app, hit play, hit pause, and go back to doing whatever it was I was doing before because, because these fights take place in Asia, most of them will be during the morning time uh, here in the States. So just a bit of information. L- little helpful hint for the fight fans out there. Yeah, that now, was great information uh, that you even shared with me. <laughs> hey, cool. I, hey, we, we are helpers one to another. And I'm trying to help all my fight fans, uh, everyone who loves fighting and good fighting, uh, get the opportunity to see uh, these excellent fights. One has been doing it big for a while but because they're in Asia and they specifically market to the Asian audience they they don't even really mess with anyone else I mean they are now by making the app available and making all this available to everyone else but one of the things that they kept saying throughout the broadcast is being uh, being beamed to like 2 billion people through 127 uh, different stations of whatever. It was like 1.7 billion. I don't know, some huge number. Wow. Yeah, they, they are all about Asia. Uh, so, and they've got some great fighters and some excellent talent. So I'm just glad to be able to see it without having a paywall to go through to get to it. So whatever I can do to help with spreading the, uh, the love for one, you know, track star sports, we cover all MMA. We're not uh, UFC snobs, we love the UFC, mm-hmm. but uh, we understand that there are a lot of other good fighters and great fights out there to watch, and we're going to cover everything. Anyway, I have babbled on long <laughs> enough. Let's keep going. Uh, Angela Lee's little brother, Christian, also fought for a belt on this card, uh, and he did not pick up the victory, though. Split decision, loss. Uh, it, what's interesting in this case, like I said, they both fight under the Singapore flag. However, when uh, they called the round or they said, you know, first uh, first judge was for the champion, Martin 
you win. Second judge was for Christian Lee. The crowd was like, boom, boom. I was like, whoa, this is, this is your guy, and you're all a booing, but it was understandable. It was clear that he didn't win the fight, so I don't know what that uh, what that judge was looking at. <laughs> Fortunately, the third judge saw it for the victor, uh, Martin Yuen, who retained his featherweight belt. He's also the lightweight champion. Um, but he, you know, he, he did his thing. And Lee is still very, very young. He's a teenager. And submissions are his game. But his grappling was really ineffective in the later rounds. And it didn't seem like he had a plan B. He just kept going at it, kept going at it, kept going at it. Kind of like what happened in the <laughs> UFC main card, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, but past round three, it was, uh, yeah, he, he was fighting a losing battle. Again, no pun intended. Um, former lightweight champion, for one, and Dream and, and so many other organizations, Shinya Aoki uh, defeated Rasul Yakayev and had him in a two-for-one triangle. So he had the triangle on him. He could uh, and had both submissions going at the same time. So uh, Yakayev had to decide, am I going to tap to the choke? Am I going to let him snap my arm? Which way is he going? What is he doing? I don't know, but I got to get out of here and uh, Shin, you put the squeeze on him, and um, and he tapped out. Now, there was another Russian fighter on this card uh, who was undefeated. Karun, let's see if I can get this last name correct. And to lie, Greb. Whoa, that boy, good. I didn't think I was going to do that. And right. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, and that that's going to be a challenge because there are a lot of Mongolian uh, fighters in one, and they've got some uh, some names where it's going to take a little bit of work to pronounce them. But uh, Antal Igrev, I got that one right. All right, he was undefeated, so I guess as a uh, <laughs> as a consolation prize, he got me pronouncing his name correctly. So uh, he was undefeated, but the former champ Eduardo for your lane brought that streak to an end with a bell to bell beat down for three rounds. I mean, just total domination. Now the first fight on the card, uh, and I've been hearing a lot about this guy too, uh, was Amir Khan, not the boxer, but the MMA fighter. And that's why I was so intrigued by him because I was like, what is the boxer fighting MMA now? I, I don't know. <laughs> wow. He's doing, cause one does some, uh, you know, they have some some different people and they introduce a number of fighters to um, to MMA through their organization. One specifically being Gary Tony, who is a uh, jujitsu phenom. And he won his first fight by way of knockout. So that's <laughs> also on uh, if you subscribe to one's YouTube channel, that's out there and available to see as well. I mean, it was. Yeah. It was phenomenal, and then his uh, post-fight antics were just excellent, too. But anyway, I digress. We're not talking about Gary Toner right now. We're talking about Amir Khan, who got a second-round TKO over Korea's Sun Jong Lee. It was a nice win for Khan, who had his first setback uh, in his last fight before this one with Lee. 
back in May of 2012. So he had been riding a win streak for nearly six years until that fight. Uh, and he's back in the win column again. Uh, next one championship bout won't take place until mid-June. Although, for some reason, on Sheer Dog, he says it's one this weekend. But if it is, one's not broadcasting it on their app. And if they're not broadcasting it, then uh, I'm calling shenanigans on Sheer Dog. So, <laughs> look, looking forward to that one uh, when it comes up. And, you know, we'll discuss it at that time. UFC Chile, though. Man. That, the UFC Chile was one of those cards where you don't expect a lot out of it because of the the name value, and then you wind up getting a great night of fights. And that's just what we had. I want to say seven out of the 11 bouts ended by way of stoppage. Or it might have been even higher than that. I, I don't remember, but it was just stoppage after stoppage uh, on this card. It was a great, great fight. Great fights, I should say, all the way around. Uh, what what fights stood out to you? Uh, on the main card in particular, uh, I would have to say that my the, my favorite fight to watch was the um, Lee. Uh, who was it? Andrea uh, Lee Andrew and Veronica Mikado. Yeah. I mean that fight. Oh, man, I, I watched that fight a couple of times because just watching Andrea Lee on the ground. Yeah. Some of the best ground game I have probably seen in MMA in a very long time. I mean, she was so fluid with everything she did. I mean, I'd, I'd watch her get taken down and go from from full guard to to full mount. Uh, you know, in in a span of of three or four seconds. I mean, I'd have right. to re- rewind it and watch it to see. I mean, she hadn't even hit the ground yet, and somehow she had already swept. And now she's, you know, she's she's on uh, on uh, Veronica's back. Yeah, I, th- there was one point where it was some kind of crazy sweep where she had Veronica like uh, uh, perpendicular with the mat. She was like up in the up in the air, and then bam, she was in. Uh, uh, she had rear control and had the hook sunk in for. A rear naked choke, but it wasn't enough time left in the round. I mean, yes, that there's a reason why it probably stood out to you most is because it was the fight of the night and earned a fifty thousand dollar bonus for it. I mean, yeah, they were uh, going at it, standing, landing shots, amazing scrambles on the ground. I mean, yeah, it was uh, it was really, really a good fight. Yeah, it was it was phenomenal. I mean, it was just some of the best. Uh, ground game, groundwork I've seen. Um, like I said, I can't even tell you the last time I've just watched a, a man or a woman just on the ground and, and just being so fluid. I think we talked last week about uh, Piccolotti, and, and I was talking about how how smooth he was, but mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was nothing compared compared to this. I mean, it was this was some of the most impressive groundwork I've seen. And yeah, it out to me big time. Yeah, she she definitely uh, did her thing. Like I said, both on the feet and on the ground, uh, there were a lot of momentum swings, and both fighters fought very valiantly. Um, You know, and then kudos to them. Now, 
honestly, I thought that one of the other bonus winners should have um, should have been the fight of the night, the fight with uh, Claudio Puelas, where he snatched defeat, or I should say snatched victory from the jaws of defeat with that last one in knee bar. Man, they, oh my goodness, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal fight. And he was getting destroyed. Oh yeah, that was, uh, I I had missed the entire undercard um, while watching the main card, and and I, I decided you know right, you know a little bit before I got on, I said you know what, let me go back through, let me brush up a little bit because um, I had, I had seen the results, and and uh, you know I think most of them were decisions. I think you had three three stoppages in uh in the undercard, and yeah, that was the last one that I watched. And I don't know, I, I guess I just started in reverse order. And when I came across that, I was, I mean, that was incredible. Uh, it was, man, I don't, I didn't even know how to ex- explain it. I mean, you're right. I mean, he was just getting just teed off on. And then, <laughs> right. out of, you know, out of nowhere, and he snatches it. And, you know, and, and uh, it was, man, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. And you don't see a lot of victories by way of leg locks. I mean, of course, you had uh, Husamal Paharis, who was infamous for ending things via leg lock. Uh, and Dylan Dennis put off that knee bar in his uh, MMA debut. But you don't get a lot of leg lock victories. And to do that in that short period of time as well, oh, man, it, it was it was a thing of beauty. If you have fight pass, I definitely encourage you to go back and check out that fight. It was great. Uh, and then the last fight of the night, or I should say performance of the night winner, was Gabriel Benitez with the slam game. Man. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was the, the slam heard around the world on Twitter. Right. <laughs> I saw that probably five or six different times. Um, again, not not able to watch the undercard, but I watched that uh, about thirty seconds after it happened from at least fifteen different sources. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, that was it awesome. Was, yeah, it was, and and again, just like that knee bar, you don't see people get knocked out via slam that often. Uh, you know, and it just shows you how how great MMA is, and how it doesn't matter what kind of position you're in because I if you're generally if it's a slam KO it's because the person who you're slamming has a good grab or I should say good grasp on your arm and is searching for an arm bar uh, but he not only got out of the arm bar he got his opponent out of the fight with that slam it was great yeah and that was a deep arm bar too I mean the sheer strength I mean, I've seen guys stand up with a triangle. I mean, I, I even remember Matt Hughes, uh, you know, years ago. But the strength to pick him up when that thing is as deep and tight as it was, to get him high enough and slam him with enough force to knock him out is what makes that so much more impressive. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and the hammer fist uh, for good measure, but he's yeah. out from the slam. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, uh, the Voices Marquee matchup for the main card uh, was a pretty, well, I can't say it was a pretty good fight. It was a decent fight. 
between Vincente Luque and Chad Laprise. Uh, they were both on winning streaks, and someone's streak had to come to an end. And unfortunately, it was the disciples that was ground to a halt. Uh, but it, it was a, a nice showcase of footwork in the one and only round that took place. Yeah, but the Silent Assassin was clearly leading the dance when he caught Laprise with a clean counter shot that sent him crashing to the canvas, boy. Uh, and then Luque followed up just like um, uh, Benitez did, followed up with some ill-intentioned <laughs> hammer fists, and, uh, and the ref had to stop in, to, or I should say had to jump in to intervene on behalf of the disciple. Yeah, that it was it was great. And that was yeah. the curtain jerker too. I know uh you said you didn't get to see any of the uh undercard. Did you get to catch that? Yes, I did. I was I was able to go back and watch the entire main card. Um yeah, that that I mean just that short left and I mean his legs just <laughs> stopped working. It, right. uh, again, it was one of those where I just had to I had to watch it again and again because I couldn't even quite tell uh, where the shot came from. Right. I mean, it, was just, it was so so tight, and then just and then how he fell, I was like, man, I must have missed something. I mean, he must because I mean he he kind of came off the ground and floated a little bit to the right before he collapsed. Mm-hmm. And I went, yeah. something there. <laughs> right, and and the one thing that that kind of threw me off like you I had to kind of keep rewinding and go back to find out what happened because it looked like Laprise caught Luque with the more powerful shot that was a counter shot that Mm -hmm. he hit him with but Luque's head is the one that snapped back I guess your head can't snap back when like you said you're coming up off your feet and falling to the ground and that's (laughs) that's just what happened and unfortunately Laprise didn't help his case much because not only was it a clean counter shot but he was coming in when it happened, so that added additional force to the strike. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and my marquee matchup for the prelims was uh, Pantoja versus Moreno. And uh, we'd seen this fight before when they were in the Tough House, I believe. Pantoja beat Moreno in the season where they had all the champions at 125 fighting each other uh, for the opportunity to take on Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Uh, And Pantos just seems to have Moreno's number. On every single scorecard, he won every round. And on two of them, he got a 10-8. Yeah, on the feet, he had his number. And uh, Moreno, his clear advantage is on the ground. Most of his victories and most of the things that he's done so well have been on the ground, but Pantoja knew how to keep him standing. But even when they hit the ground, uh, Pantoja was getting the better of the exchanges. So I salute to him for doing what he did. El El Pantera roared, and uh, Moreno will live to to learn and fight another day. And I I really like the new – I'm I'm really enjoying seeing the more 10-8 rounds. Um, instead of having the, you know, it, uh, what last year before they really made the big push to uh, to score more ten eights, right? I mean, there were so many lopsided fights and so many lopsided rounds in particular. Um, I'm really enjoying seeing a lot more ten eights. I know, as a matter of fact, it feels like Bellator actually has more ten uh, eights than I'm seeing a lot in UFC. I actually, thought there was a, a handful of ten eights that could have been given out in the main card. Um, 
uh, I think in particular that round two of the Lee uh, uh, Makito fight, I thought mm-hmm. that, that second round on my you know personal scorecard, I had that as a 10-8 just – I mean, it was submission attempt after submission attempt after submission attempt and uh, always in danger the entire second round. And, of course, right. it didn't come through. But uh, just wanted to throw that out there. I do uh, – I really, really am enjoying the the more 10-8 rounds. Um, it, it just – in my opinion, it makes the fight um, – it, it, it grades the fight better. It scores the fight better. Uh, when you have that one really, really dominant round, maybe to start the fight and maybe you wear out a little bit, towards the end, I mean, I think you should have that advantage of, of going out there and just because the guy's chin uh, or, or, or the, the girl's chin is a little, you know, a little tougher, um, you know, it, I don't think it should, it should equate to just a 10-9 push round. Right. You know, I, I like to see that. And I, I noticed on that one there was two 10-8s, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah, two, two, uh, two refs scored, I want to say, round one. Yeah, round one is 10-8 yeah. for Pantosia. So I, 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 I it's just one of the things I enjoy seeing more uh, with the new uh, the slight rule changes that that uh, MMA is kind of going through. Yeah, agreed, agreed, agreed. I, I think it definitely helps with showing the dominance. I mean, if you've just been absolutely destroying somebody for a round, then you ought to get a ten eight for it. And before it was so hard to get a ten eight, but with the rule changes clearly spelling out what a 10-8 should be you know dominance damage uh duration you know those kinds of things having i want to say two of the the three or four things going would equal a uh a 10-8 you know it makes it really clear and you're seeing a lot more of it and i'm glad to see it now the main event was a very dominant uh fight as well maybe not so uh fan friendly i know i i started kind of uh my attention started drifting <laughs> for a bit you know and i i love uh nigerians i'm a proud nigerian and i root for niger all day long but um yeah the, the fight left a, a little something to be desired uh from an aesthetic standpoint uh just due to maya's not having um not having a plan b and it seems like the last three fights it's been just rinse and repeat i'm gonna keep trying to take you down until i can do it and and if i can't do it then i guess i'll lose and sure enough three fights three losses yeah that's actually one of the fights i was talking about that i thought that there could have been uh, at least two rounds in there i'm surprised weren't a 10-8 uh I, again, most most likely because it didn't have that fight ending feel to any mm-hmm. of the rounds. But I mean, you you nailed it on the head when you talk about pure domination. I mean, Usman's takedown defense, and then I mean, just being able to stand up and do whatever he wanted at will on the feet, and then to watch Maya not be able to do anything at all when it came to takedowns. Uh, matter of fact, took especially around uh, four and five did nothing but take damage on the takedowns. Cause he would sprawl lock his head to the mat and then at least get seven or eight shots in before he'd stand him back up. Right. The, you know, I, I think round three, four and five, you could have easily scored any of those a 10, eight, but it just, 
it was a little slower, a little more boring. And I'm going to be honest, I get a little frustrated when guys lay on their back and invite you in. I almost find it disrespectful. So that's oh, another I wanted it to be 10-8. <laughs> Matter of fact, I was really hoping that Usman would actually submit him <laughs> as, as like just the icing on the cake. You know, right at the end, I was hoping he'd pull a guillotine or something crazy and, and try to get the submission on the last 30 seconds or something crazy. But because I, I just I, – I've never – understood that i don't like it i don't like that i'm gonna lay down and i'm gonna you know almost almost act like you're doing something wrong because you're completely dominating me so come come to my level i mean it's never works you know i think jimmy right. smith like trying to invite somebody into a pit of rattlesnakes you're never gonna get it to happen uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I, I was gonna say uh something about the, the commentary so uh uh kudos and salute to you for, for dropping that that Jimmy Smith quote. Yeah, it's it's dumb. It's like nobody's ever going to do it now. If you invite someone into a slug fest, that may happen because you know anybody has a chance of catching anyone else and ending the fight. But yeah, I, I'm going to get in the guard of a uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu phenom. Yeah, that that's that's what I'm getting ready to do. Yeah, what the best in the world. Yeah, let me just jump in there real quick. <laughs> right, I, I'm totally dominating things. Let me let me put it on your level so you actually have a chance to win. A uh, nice idea, but no, uh-uh. but not not gonna happen. No. All right. Well, um, were there any other fights on the main card that you wanted to uh, to discuss? Um, I did like the. Uh... Bantamweight matchup. Um, you were talking about the Tough House. I believe these two young men were in the Tough House together. I think they were even teammates on the yeah they, they uh, the, were. the international season they did. Um, what was it? Uh, Kennedy and Revis. Yeah, yeah. Guido Kennedy and uh, Ninja Kennedy and uh, Revis. Yeah, yeah. They yes. were. Okay. I thought that was I thought that was uh, who it was, but yeah, I actually um, I, I enjoyed that fight quite a bit as well, and then uh. Uh, just just watching to go back and forth. I liked uh, Kennedy's footwork and his kind of unorthodox style um, was was fun to watch. You know, you don't see that often. Uh, you know, those kind of guys that they, they can just get in and get out, get in and get out, and they, they're always moving left and right. Um, you know, it, again in a, in a smaller scale, but it reminded me a lot of of uh, MVP from Bellator. You know, the hands mm-hmm. were down and he was always cutting in, and he was throwing those big, wild spinning kicks and. Yeah, um, I kick out every time they do something. You know, they'd have to touch gloves and kind of, kind of laugh about it. You know, being being friends and all, it was it was kind of interesting. Uh, but I, I enjoyed watching that fight uh, as well. That was a good one. Yeah, and, and being a martial artist, that's one of the things I really enjoy seeing is just the the camaraderie uh, aspect of it. The, you know, this is a sport, and even though you can take someone out by hurting them you know just hey i'm I'm throwing my technique just to test myself and see how i am hey hey yeah that was good all right you know let's go at it again i i love it, it because it really represents the true spirit of martial arts it's not about you know hurting anyone ever it's about um testing your skill and seeing how you can do and and implement the things that you've learned versus the skill set of your opponent a hundred percent and that's why i always try to to tell people when when you know not everybody's into mma and and when i start to kind of get those counter arguments that's something i like to bring up is it's not necessarily about hurting the other guy it's it's about it's two guys that agree 
to test their 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 knowledge of of most of these are tradition i mean these their mm-hmm. their knowledge of this tradition and, and they they you know they it's not like one guy's being forced to do it you know and right. the other guy you know, so they like they meet up and then it, it's exactly that it's is is my comprehension and my knowledge of 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 the tradition that that i i practiced or 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 that i i've studied for so long is it better equal to or lesser than uh what yours is and, exactly. and you can mix in you actually mix in the boxing versus the muay thai and and you've got the even taekwondo and karate and you know you've got all these different mixes and you have judo and re- you know uh wrestling and mm-hmm. and that's what makes this so interesting and, and just so much fun if you look at it that way not necessarily oh it's just two guys and they're punching each other in the face um that's not it if you want to if that's how you walk into it that's how you're going to see it and sure it may not be as is fun to watch but if you look at it as i mean some of these things date back i mean just centuries and centuries you know right. and, and used you know by people that we read about in our history books you know and it's been passed down passed down passed down and now we're seeing it you know on 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 espn or on fox yes. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're getting a chance to see these things that have been passed down and taught to children in their generations for generations. And it's just, it's amazing when you can sit down and watch that. Yeah, agree. And I, I don't think that we could end on a higher note than what you said. Uh, we're looking forward to the aftermath next week where we will be talking about Bellator 200 and UFC uh, Liverpool uh, UFC Fight Night 130 coming to you straight from Liverpool at one of the few times where you get uh, MMA brunch is taking place during uh, the daytime on Sunday Uh, so I'll have to make sure I set my DVR a brother will be at church so uh, (laughs) unless uh, I can watch it while breaking down i'll just i'll catch it dvr'd but yeah definitely looking forward to bellator on friday Uh, i will have my app going at 11 30 central 12 30 eastern to uh to watch the undercard of that and then wait patiently for the main card to be broadcast on spike at 9 eastern 8 central Yes, sir. I am so excited for that. <laughs> yeah, me too. I I hate that. Um, and I'm uh, I'm kind of getting into the main card now, but uh, hey, no no harm, no foul here. Hate that. Um, the main event is no longer uh on the card, but really the the people's main event and what should have been the crowning jewel got elevated to its rightful status. Uh, as Carvalho will be taking on Gegard Mousasi for the middleweight strap. I, I agree 100%. That should have been the main event from the uh, from the get-go, but for some reason, I, I don't know why it got pushed to the co-main, and I think it kind of speaks to uh, the uh, Carvalho being so just underrated, I guess. I, I don't know that that was the co-main. I mean, I understand the, the, the draw. Yeah, of, uh, of the what they had the main event, but I mean, I don't know. To me, always the title fight being a co-main event is always strange. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I mean, now it's a uh, it's a staple of Bellator. They do it all the time. Uh, and when yep. you 
or number two, you know, you got to do some creative things to get your product out and uh, having the, the legends tour go and, or just the more notable names at the top of the card uh, has been beneficial for them. So, you know, if it's, if it's working, uh, keep working at it until you're able to get your others to a point where them headlining will carry things and, and keep eyes glued to uh, to your product. Yes. Yep. All, all right. Well, again, you have been listening to, or I should say this is Aftermath, where we give you the week that was from the major MMA promotions. I'm your man, The Voice, Trackstar Sports MMA correspondent with my man, The Bearded Wonder. Yeah, you got a new nickname. You The Bearded Wonder. <laughs> the Bearded Moose. Josh Moosel. Until next time, we're in the field and we're sounding off. <laughs> Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.